Hi, I'm Elena, and you're listening to Proper English. Hello. This week's introduction was by our lovely student and friend Elena from Italy. As you probably know by now, I'm Dave, and I'm Alison, and this week on. Proper English. We're chatting about sporting terms, and the idiom of the week is the balls in your court. Now, before we start, a bit of background. When we're speaking to new students on iTalki, we usually talk about the various subjects we can have conversations about. You know, books, film, theatre, television, the English language. Oh yeah, all sorts of things: food, nature, art, music, education, current affairs. But one subject we always try to steer clear of is sport, because. Well, neither of us know very much about sport. Football has always been a bit of a mystery to me. Me too. Same with cricket and rugby. Any ball games, really. I've never been the most physically coordinated person. And neither of us have ever really understood the fascination with watching other people take part in sports. Not really.、Mm. So, anyway, when we were in Italy, we were talking to our lovely student Elena.、Mm. Ooh, As you know, introduce this week's podcast, and she's always asking interesting questions about the English language. So yeah, we were driving somewhere, and she said, "When is it a field? When is it a pitch? And when is it a court?" And I thought, you know what? I might not know very much about sport generally, but what I do know about is words, and I might not be able to tell you how Sheffield Wednesday are performing at the moment. And I certainly can't say who the opening bat for Leicestershire might be. But what we can talk about is what some sporting terms mean and how you use them.、Mm-hmm. So, pitch, field, court, track. Which one do you use for which sport and why? Well, the main difference between pitch and field is geographical.、Huh? Well, it's American English and British English. Ah. See, in the UK. We say that an area of ground that's marked out for outdoor sports—football, cricket, rugby, hockey—it's called a pitch.、Mm-hmm. In the States, the same thing is called a field. For soccer, they don't call it football, and they don't really have rugby in the States. They do have American football, which is kind of a mixture of the two. Controversial. <laughs> so in the States, they don't call it a pitch. Correct.、Ah. Pitch. Just so you know, comes from the Middle English word "pitchen,"、mm. meaning to fix firmly. Ah, into the ground, you mean? Exactly. Ah, like pitching a tent. Yeah. Ah.、Uh-huh. And I guess this comes from marking out the corners of the playing area by driving sticks into the ground, sometimes with little flags on top, so you could see them. Ah, and don't you pitch the stumps in cricket? That is. Knock them into the ground.、Mm-hmm. The stumps are the three wooden sticks that you have at either end of the cricket pitch, which is sometimes called the wicket, topped by two smaller sticks called bales. The resulting construction is also known as a wicket. 
which comes from a Middle English word that means small gate. And the batsman defends this wicket from the bowler. The person who throws the ball. Uh Uh-huh. At the other end of the pitch, whose job it is to try and knock the bales off the stumps with the ball. And if the bowler succeeds in doing that, the batsman is out and is replaced by another batsman from the same team. Mm -hmm. Also, when a bowler does this, it's known as taking a wicket. Confused? A little bit. Well... Let's not get started on the different ways to describe the cricketers who are there to catch the ball when the batsman hits it. Who, rather confusingly, are called fielders as Mm -hmm. a general term, because it's not a field, is it? It's a pitch. Yeah, that's right. But there are many, many specific terms for the positions of those fielders. Silly mid-on. Short leg. Deep mid-wicket. Long stop. Backward square leg. Ooh, sounds painful. I know. Fly slip. Third man. Oh, good film, that. What? The Third Man, starring Orson Welles, even though he was hardly in it. Directed by Carol Reed, written by Graham Greene. Classic. Anyway, Hmm. we said we weren't going to get started on different fielding positions, and yet here we are, talking about a black and white film from the mid-1940s. Now I'm really confused, Dave. (laughs) It is a really good film, though. Mm. But I guess what we're doing here is demonstrating how different words in English can have wildly different associations, different connections, different meanings, depending on the context. And the context for you nearly always comes back to films. Well, yeah. Or music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, back to sporting terms. When is it a track? Well, when athletes run on it, I guess. Also, if you ride bicycles or maybe cars or motorbikes competitively. Oh, motorbikes. I used to love going to the Speedway at Olerton Sports Stadium in Sheffield when I was a kid. Mm. Watching the bikes race on the cinder track. Standing on the bend, getting covered in the grit sprayed up as they sped past. Loved it. Listen to you. I thought you didn't like sport. Well, to be fair, it was the only one that I enjoyed. Ollerton was a special place for me as a kid. My dad loved going to the greyhound racing there. They used to race on the grass track, chasing after a mechanical rabbit. Let the dog see the rabbit. Oh, yeah. Stock cars, bashing into each other on the dirt track. Sitting up on the uncovered stands in the thin autumn sunshine. Summer music like George Benson or Wigan's Chosen Few playing tinnily on the tannoy system in between the races, whether it was cars, bikes or dogs. Ah, childhood memories. Mm, Lovely, you romantic fool. (laughs) Anyway, what about courts? Ah. When is it a court, Ali? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. A court is a rectangular area, smaller than a pitch, on which you play games like tennis, volleyball, badminton, basketball, that sort of thing. Ah. It's usually an indoor area, but not always. Beach volleyball or lawn tennis are still played on courts, even though they're outside. Oh, right. It usually has a net across the middle. Unless it's netball. Ah. Uh And then the nets are at either end. Yeah, and basketball too. You're quite right. Yeah, yeah. And they're called baskets or hoops. The word court comes from the Latin cohort originally, which in this context meant yard. So there. (laughs) Excellent. And then there are rinks for ice-based sports like skating and ice hockey. And if you play baseball, 
which is the American version of rounders. Mm, controversial. You play it on a diamond. Oh, and the place everyone goes to see the big professional games, you would call that a stadium. A football stadium, for instance. Of course. But it's a cricket ground, I think. Oh, yeah. I've never heard anyone calling it a cricket stadium. No. No. Um, and sometimes it would be called an athletics arena. And, yeah. as we know from visiting the Colosseum in Rome recently, arena is Latin for sand. Ah, of course. Thanks to student Valentina for that gem of information. Now, I think that covers most of the different playing areas for various sports. But if you think we've missed one out, or more, mm -hmm. let us know. Mm -hmm. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week. OK, so... When the responsibility to do something has passed to you, when it's your turn to take an action, when it's up to you to make the next move, we say the ball is in your court. Nothing else can happen in this particular situation until you make a decision or take action. But where does it come from, Dave? Well, appropriately enough, it's derived from sport. Mm. Probably tennis. Mm -hmm. And it came into regular use in the latter half of last century. And it refers to that point of the game when the ball bounces in the area of the court that you have control over. Mm -hmm. And quite simply, you're expected to knock the ball over the net to keep the game going. Oh, that's pretty straightforward, really. It is really, isn't it? Mm. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. And we hope we've helped you understand a little bit more about how to use the English language. Please, tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And don't forget to like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us. On Podbean. Or Apple Podcasts. Or your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Or you can email us at properenglish... Or one word. ...at sapo.pt if you have any suggestions for future podcasts. And, of course, you can join us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, where we regularly answer any questions you might have about English grammar. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me... And it's goodbye from me too. And, and thank, thank you for, for listening, listening to Proper English. English.